If we could all stand for the reading of the word. It's crazy how God works. At times I had a message prepared and thought everything was just great. Thought it was fantastic and I was all over the place, excited. It A little bit of a train wreck, some here and there, but that's life. That's how it goes. And at five o'clock this morning, that message went right back into my old notes and I have something completely different, but it's all good. It is all good because it's not about me, but it's about him. It's not about me. It's not my will, but his will, his ways, his plans. And so this message may be very practical for some, but sometimes it's okay to go practical. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the practical. In a world that is very unique, in a world that it seems is just crazy and diverse and all over the place, sometimes it's just perfectly fine to go practical. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn to Job chapter 23, starting with verse 8. Job 23, starting with verse 8. I'll be reading out of the Amplified Classic, Job 23, verse 8. And it says, Behold, I go forward into the east, but he is not there. I go backward into the west, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand into the north, where he works, I seek him, but I cannot behold him. He turns himself to the right hand and to the south, but I cannot see him. And this next part, it gets me excited. But he knows. Everyone say he knows. He knows the way I take. And it's very specific here. It says he has concern for it, appreciates it, and pays attention to it. When he has tried me, everyone say me. I shall come forth as refined gold. In other words, pure and luminous. And one more scripture, Proverbs 3 and 5. We know know it. We sang it a couple times here. Proverbs 3 and 5. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding this title won't impress you from a preaching standpoint and again I'll say I'm not here to impress you I'm here for God has given a word And hopefully this word, it saturates in your heart. And hopefully, hopefully, Lord willing, you can get something out of this. I believe that you will if we allow ourselves to be available. If we allow ourselves to be available. So for just a couple of moments, I want to speak on a simple topic, the ultimate trust. The ultimate trust. You may be seated. Years ago, police in Spain, they discovered the missing piece in an art, a 
history puzzle, 42 years in the making. How many puzzle lovers do we have in the room? And I'm not talking about the little preschool puzzles where it's maybe five or six that you put together and you call it a day, but actual jigsaw puzzles. How many puzzle lovers do we have in here? Okay, um, I'll pray for y'all. Um, <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. I don't whatsoever. But 42 years in the making, the saga begins with this high-stake heist that took place on November 7, 1980. And I'm going to butcher this name very hard, so just bear with me. In the remote town of Castro Jerez, and I hope I said that right, in northern Spain, it was in the early dawn hours that this notorious art thief, he would sneak into this Catholic church and single-handedly stole six 17th century Flemish tapestries. Interpol managed to recover all the tapestries within a couple of years, save for one maddening exception, except for one exception. The largest tapestry was missing by a two-by-two-foot square cut from its lower left corner. And authorities, they believed that the corner piece was lost forever. But an investigator with the Spanish National Police decided to revisit the case while working on a research report about art thefts, ironically. And he eventually contacted one of the thief's lawyers who revealed that he knew the location of the missing piece. His efforts, they finally paid off when the fragment was to return to the church's care in a formal ceremony Police suspect that the thief had cut the small squares from the larger work in order to frame it and attempt to sell it separately, but he failed to do so. And in a press conference, the investigator stated, and I love this, if heaven should lack one angel, it would be a lesser heaven. And if this tapestry had lacked this little angel, it wouldn't be the same tapestry. Today, we are going back to Castro Jerez, something that should have never been gone in the first place. We live and we all understand the time that we're in. We live in a very chaotic, disturbed, and I'm, I'll go ahead and say it, messed up world. Our world is flipped upside down. What was once considered morals what once we had that was morals is now looked down upon. Many, many are confused. Their minds are disrupted. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one that has asked this question. I'm sure I'm not the only one that have thought this time and time again. And I'll be honest, I thought this today, even in prepping for this message. But many of us have asked a simple question, where is the peace? Where is the peace? Where do I find peace in the uncertainties of life? For some, it could be that you lost a job and you're trying to figure out how are you going to pay your bills? How am I going to provide for my family? For others, it could be the division within our society, hatred amongst the crowd. What many, what many would consider to deem right, many others would consider it wrong. Rioting, looting, war, all at the forefront of articles. Parents 
And this one hits me in a certain way. Parents, it could be that your peace is hanging on by a thread. For some that you have students that are in Elevate, or even some that are younger, in Kingdom Kids, and they have phones, or maybe they don't, whatever the case may be. But they're going back to school in about a month, month and a half. And with school shootings taking place as recent as a couple months ago, there has to be some concern. I know I'm concerned. They've entered a digital world that for many of you, you don't, you maybe don't understand. And I'm not trying to make an old joke here, but you just don't understand. <laughs> they have access to so much, and it's all in their hands. It's right in front of them. And in this very moment, you've questioned, where is the peace? Where is the peace in the middle of chaos? Is God even near? Is God even present? Does he see me? And I want to be very clear about something. Let us never, let us never mistake the silence of God for an absent one. God isn't absent. God is very more so present in the world as we speak. In a world where it seems as if Democrats Republicans, Android users, Apple users. I can go all over the place. We could be here for a little bit. But <laughs> I love you, sister. It's okay. <laughs> but where there's much division at the helm, much division as the front, it's very easy for us to be caught up in this mindset that, God, I don't even know if you're there. God, why would I trust you? Why would I trust you? See, trust is simple. Trust, it's the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. For so long, the battle of peace has been so prevalent in our everyday lives because we simply don't trust him or we have a very hard time trusting him. So I think back to this story. There was an old story of a father who wanted to teach his son a lesson. He took his young son and stood him on the railing of a back porch. He then went down, stood on the lawn, and encouraged the little fellow to jump in his arms. Of course, he said, I'll catch you. Jump into my arms. I'll catch you. You won't fall. And sure enough, the little boy, as giddy as ever, is jumping all over the place. You can only imagine just kingdom kids, right? Just jumping, getting excited. He leaps only for his dad to remove his arms and let him fall face first. He told him simply, let that be a lesson. Don't ever trust anyone. Those who have been hardened by this life teach us not to trust anyone. Trust is very hard to obtain when we've been programmed not to trust anyone. We live in an atmosphere where mistrust is at the forefront of everything, and it can be unattainable. If we're being quite honest, some of us in this room, we've lost the trust of others here. Just being very transparent and real and honest for a second. 
because I know I have. Because someone promised to catch us, but they let us fall anyway. Being hurt, being let down, being lied to, it makes that trust hard. It makes that trust extremely hard. But the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord. Oftentimes in the world that we live in, we have this trust crisis with God, and if we're not careful, it can be displayed in our relationship with others. We may not say a word to show, but it'll show in our actions. So I want to give us just a couple of tips, just a couple of tips. We're in a series right now with our students it's called The Atmosphere Matters, and last week we went over the atmosphere of prayer. And this week it's the atmosphere of being lukewarm, and we're supposed to talk about trust in that somehow, but God ultimately led me to speak it tonight. And I believe for good reason. It's easier to understand the cultivate an atmosphere of trust in the Lord once identity triggers that cause your trust to be broken. When doing some research, I found these four common reasons why trust is usually broken. And so the first reason, the first reason is there a betrayal of confidence. There's a betrayal of confidence. You've lost confidence somewhere, some way, somehow. And because of that, your trust is diminished. Betrayal of confidence. Number two, maybe these individuals are absent in your time of need. Maybe you expected them to be there. Maybe you expected a phone call. Maybe you expected a text message only to receive nothing. And you know how we get as individuals, oh, well, this person, they were on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I don't know, MySpace. I don't have a MySpace. Some of you might still have a MySpace, and if you do, bless your heart. But <laughs> we look and we see all these individuals that post, all these individuals that take pictures and they're with other people. And for you, you felt let down because you considered that person to be your closest friend or your closest family member. And they were absent in your time of need. So betrayal of confidence, absent in the time of need. Next, unfaithfulness. Lacked loyalty. Lacked loyalty. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyways. I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyway. Actually, no, I won't. I'll just save it. I'll save it. <laughs> but unfaithfulness, unfaithfulness. You have someone that you love deeply, that you care for, and you would do anything for, but it's not reciprocated. It's not shown back. The love that you give, the love that you pour out is oftentimes just a slap in the face in return is all you will receive. And four, there's a failure to deliver on promises. There's a failure to deliver on promises. Really quick, husbands, you can answer this. Help me out. Give me a little bit of advice for one day, hopefully. But <laughs> husbands, how many times has your wife told you, babe, can you take out the trash? And you say, yeah, for sure. Samuel's already laughing. <laughs> you say, yeah, sure, I'll take out the trash. And only for it to be Monday morning, 
the trash. Truck has already came by. It's still sitting there in the kitchen. And you're thinking, what in the world? I'm going to see you when you get home. And it's not going to be so pretty. It's a failure to deliver on promises. And while that may, that little illustration may be so small, there's many others, many other promises that are large within our world today that people have failed us on. These attributes, they create an atmosphere of mistrust in people. So in order to create this atmosphere for others to trust, we need to break negative attributes of mistrust that hurt us. So for the sake of the opposites, I want to give you guys four ways to create atmosphere of trust in our lives. We must value and guard the gift of someone's confidence in you. Let me be very clear. Let me be very clear. You, yes, you, you are in here. If you're watching online, we are thankful that you're watching online. And this applies to you, to you too. But you, the words that people speak in your life, the positive words that people speak, someone walking up to you, someone telling you, hey, I believe in you. Hey, I know you can do this. Hey, I know that you're called. Hey, I know that you can serve in this position and do great and knock it out the park. We live in a world and age where words, words, positive words aren't spoken enough. And so we have what I would call mirror talk where people, they could value us in a certain way, let us know that they appreciate us. But all in the meantime, we look at ourselves and we say, I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect. You are chosen. You are valued. You love. You are made in the image of God. And if we really wanted to break this down simple, God is the creator. We all understand that, right? God is the creator. God created. He created his creation. Everybody say me. He created us in the image of him. We love God. We love God, right? I would assume you all do. We love God. When's the last time that we told ourselves that I love myself? I love myself. God, you created me in the image of you. God, I thank you for making me into who you've made me to be. I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but what this person said about me, let it be an encouragement to me. Let it be an encouragement when I'm at my job and I'm wanting to throw hands with someone and we're just being honest for a second. <laughs> let it be an encouragement. And this is why I have my fruit. This is why I have my fruit. I got my apple right here. Got my apple right here. <laughs> But let it be an encouragement when I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like praying. Let it be an encouragement when I get assigned to a specific task or a specific duty within our church. Let me not just go by the wayside. Let me not be content. Let me not just be comfortable and let me not be behind the scenes. 
but let me be okay in walking in that. I may not have it all together, but guess what? God is with me. This person, they believed in me. And one thing I'll say about our leadership, and they didn't tell me to say any of this. I'm speaking specifically for me, and I'm not just saying this just because I'm in leadership. No, I'm not. <laughs> but our leadership, the one thing I appreciate about them is they will, they encourage. The amount of times that PBJ, the Dyron, the Jordan, Derek, I love Derek, I love Derek. <laughs> Sister G and others have sent words of encouragement in times where I felt like I wasn't doing a great job or at times where I felt like I just wanted to throw in a towel, send in a resignation letter. They encouraged me. They inspired me. They gave me hope. And so value and guard the gift of someone's confidence in you. Be there in their time of need. Be there in their time of need. I feel that our church does a great job of this. Our church is always there in the time and needs of others. Others within the church, I would say. But I believe with all the chaos surrounding us, all the mistrust within our society, it's maybe time that we step out of these four walls and we get outside of ourselves and we encourage others. Not just in these four walls, but we encourage the person at our job that maybe no one wants to talk to. But I'll go encourage them. I'll go talk to them because you never know what that conversation may bring. You never know the outcome. Next, be faithful. Be faithful. Can people depend on you? That's a question. I would love for you to ask yourself, can people depend on you? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't take the very smart person. Hey, can you be here? Well, I may not respond to this text message. I may just hold off and wait. Um, I don't know. But I'm going to see you Sunday, though, but I just may hold off. I may not respond to this text message. I may not answer your call. I may see it ring, and I may just turn off the ringer so I can say I didn't hear it. Yeah, I think that'll be okay. But no, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful to the house of the Lord. We're way past... 2020, we're way past the pandemic stage. If you have an opportunity to be here, because nothing, there's one thing I learned. I don't want to take anything anymore for granted. I don't take this opportunity for granted. I don't take working with our young people for granted. And yes, many will say, well, someone has to do it. But it's an honor and a privilege to do it. It's an honor and a privilege to serve. It's an honor and a privilege to do something that is bigger than myself. Because it's not the kingdom. It's not my kingdom. But it's his. And I want to be faithful to that in any way possible. So that one day I could hear, well done. Thy good and faithful 
thy good and faithful servant. Eight, Sister G will appreciate this. Eight, never make an empty promise. Never make an empty promise. Never make an empty promise. I feel like I don't have to go too deep into that, but never make an empty promise. So I want to assure you of some things. He, he guards your confidence in him. He guards your confidence in him. God will never use someone you bring to him against you. God will never use someone you bring to him against you. He will always guard your confidence in him. 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Two, he's there in your time of need. Not just the good, but yes, the mess. Henceforth, going back to earlier, in the middle of the chaos, he is here. He's here in your struggles. He's here in your chaos, in your mess. He sees you. Three, he is faithful. While we, while we can be very on the spectrum when it comes to being faithful, God is faithful. God is faithful. Yes, there may be storms that come within your life, but God is in the middle of the storm with you. It may be that maybe you're just in a bleak storm and there's no hope and you're on this boat and all of a sudden the lightning and the thunder and the chaos all around you begins to surface. But God is simply there making sure you're not, te- you're not teeter-totting over and you won't drown. But he is faithful. For he never breaks a promise. He never breaks a promise. For all the promises of God in him are yes, in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. While it may take time, and while you don't see it, maybe right now, his promises are yes and amen. His promises, they still stand. His promises will never fail. And I'm coming at this time to a close. There was a message that was preached at camp last year, and it still rings true to this day in my life. And I believe if you were to ask any of the students that were there, they would tell you that this was by far the best message that was preached that entire week. And it was a very simple title, Do You Trust Me? Do You Trust Me? The speaker, he got up, and I'm just being quite honest. Many of us, many of the students anyways, were kind of out of it. It's going to be the same thing. He's going to just preach the house down, and we're going to hear a bunch of stories within the Bible, and we we're just going to hear. We're going to be perfectly fine. We'll be okay. We'll pray. Okay, well, cool. We'll go back to tribe boys. No big deal. Instead, 
he began to tell his testimony. Maybe read a verse or two, told his testimony. And if I were to tell you everything, you'd be in shock, you'd be a little in disarray. And if many of us were to go through that, it'd be very hard for us to trust God in the moment. Many hospital visits for each of his children, three of them, all close within age. There was nights where he would hold his oldest son, Raylan. He would say, Daddy loves you. And he would point to his son. He would say, Raylan. He would point to himself and say, Daddy. And his son would just smile at him. And all throughout this time, he would hope for a response. He would hope and pray for a response. It's one particular night. He was saying goodnight to his son, his oldest son. He said, Raylan, Daddy loves you. He begins to walk down the hall. And Raylan says, I love you. Love of the Father. Love of the Father. He tells us every single day, he shows us every single day that he loves and cares. And for many of us, we're not saying it back. We're not expressing it back. God has been dealing with me ever so present ever since camp this year, and I felt this huge urge for our students. I felt an urge like I've never felt before in my time student pastoring. And parents, I understand the concern. My little sister, my youngest sister, she's starting high school for the first time. And my mom gave me a call. She's like, hey, can you pray for your sister? I'm like, yeah, what's going on? She's like, she's starting high school for the first time. And she's anxious and she's nervous and she doesn't have her brothers. So I talked to her yesterday and I could tell just from her voice, there was a little bit of trembling. She would just say, yeah, I'm good. Okay, awesome. Oh, I should do this? Cool. That's fine. That's great. And I asked, how are you? Are you okay? She said, yeah. Listen, I know my sister. She, she was not okay. But I wanted to assure her something that, sis, I love you. I love you. If I don't say it enough, I love you. I feel like my whole time of being here at Northgate, I've had to ask this question, God, do I trust you? Years ago, many of you may remember that my brother got into a car accident and 
was hit by a train and I remember getting the call at work and all I could think was God I need you to come in I need you to make way and God had his hand on my brother in that very moment my grandmother with her health slowly and slowly declining it's one of the strongest ladies I've ever known and we would talk from time to time and she reached out to me she watched making room and she's over here just going to town make my heart your home and she's loving every bit of it she's loving every bit of it and if she could be positive then why couldn't I I'll be vulnerable for a quick second for years up until two years ago had issues with trusting father trusting my father I haven't told them this but in and out constantly within my life and my mother did as much as she could and I began resenting my father began resenting him for not being as present as he should and every time I would see him I would play it off and say hey good reality didn't want to be around couldn't stand to be around him and God had brought this snippet of a verse to my mind if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much will he clothe you? How much does he care? While my earthly father may have let me down, God is ever so present in my life. He's so good, too good not to believe. And if we could stand at this moment, I had this key that I keep with me from time to time. I keep it on a nightstand. I actually have two. I keep one on the nightstand and one in the car. And it's really simple. It says, make room on it. God has given us every opportunity to reach him, to draw near to him to cling to him to trust him and yet here in this time I just feel as if many of us have forgotten what we came from and how God came in and intervened our space and when he let heaven invade our whole world was flipped upside down I don't know who I'm speaking to, but it's time to come back to him, to trust him. Maybe, just maybe, you came in here on a Wednesday night on your last legs. God, I'll come to church just to be here. God, I don't, I 
don't really care. I don't really care to be in your presence. I don't really care to make room for you. And God is here, ever so present. And he won't force himself upon you. He's a gentleman. He won't do that. But he's here. trusts you enough to be in this world today as it is because he loves you not just that he loves you but he's so in love with you he's in love with you these altars they're open 